Hello, and welcome to the 17th Street Christian Church Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining today. Yesterday, we started a brand new sermon series that you're about to listen to. We started walking through the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians is a great read because it points out so many things in our lives that we need to make sure we are paying attention to. There's a huge theme throughout this entire letter to the church in Galatia, and that is grace. A lot of our conversation today that you're going to see or listen to was a lot about how many of us have yet to really take advantage of the grace God has offered us. Paul wishes the church grace and peace, and I think God is wishing the same thing to us, something that many of us have yet to take advantage of. Today's conversation also talks a lot about priorities, and answering this question is, is the gospel your number one priority in your life? Because it should be, if it's not. Everything else flows from that one number one priority. So if it's not, we challenge you to really reflect and to work on that yourself. So again, thank you guys for listening. If you want to, go over to 17thscc.com. You can watch all these services actually um, on our website. Um, You can enjoy the worship and community meditations and announcements and everything as well, as well as listen and watch the sermons um, take place in our sanctuary. And hey, we'd love it if you would join us every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. We we are live in person, and we would be honored if you would check us out one Sunday in person. Again, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this message, make sure to share it with a friend or maybe someone that you think needs to hear it. Again, thank you and enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Hey, good morning. Welcome again to 17th Street. I'm so happy you guys chose to be here today. If you're visiting with us or hey, if you're watching online for the first time, my name's Mike and I'm happy um, you're here. Every time I, uh, I don't know, sometimes when I introduce myself, I forget, you know, some people don't always know my name. And um, anytime I invite someone in public to church, I say, hey, we've got a goofy preacher. And they always give me that look and it takes them a minute to figure it out. And then they realize it's the truth. Um, but again, welcome everybody. I'm, I'm happy you guys were here today. You know, last week we wrapped up our sermon series, uh, walking through the book of Proverbs. I really pray, I really hope you were able to grow in some area over the last several weeks. About two months is how much time we spent walking through that. I hope there was some area that stuck out to you. Maybe not all of them, but maybe just one, the series I would say you know, was a success. Whether it was the way on how we can learn God's wisdom through the way we spend our money, the way you know, we use our mouths, the way we talk, um, the way we put things out there in the world, um, all these different areas that we've talked about and how we can be more wise. I really hope you did. I, I really enjoyed that conversation, but I'm also a big fan of the book of Proverbs. I could talk about it for the rest of the year. You know, last week we hit that one chapter where I said, hey, there's about 30 sermons in this one chapter, and you believed me by the time I got done reading it. But just like we do every single week, um, remember this year is we are getting serious about getting into the Word of God. This book is useless if we don't read it and if we don't use it. And so our goal this year is to learn. And so, hey, if you did your memory work last week, last week I embarrassed myself. I'll be honest, it was kind of awkward, but this week, I got you. Um, if, if you did your memory work last week, recite after with me, um, 1 Corinthians, uh, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Last week was all about pride and how it's a disease of the heart, and the medication is humility. So hopefully, maybe someone needed to hear that last week. This week, again, if you're visiting with us, there's a challenge in there this week to memorize that one. So do that this week. Let's get used to getting into 
the Word. Today, kind of like I talked about at the beginning of the year, is you know, I, I took a little bit of a different direction with some of our sermon series, at least for the first half of the year this year, is we're getting a little bit more um, exegetical in some of the books we're reading. And today we're starting a conversation, walking through the book or the letter to the Galatians. Now, you're going to hear me say the book of Galatians. If that's someone's pet peeve, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. Yes, it was a letter, but I'm also calling it a book. So I'm just throwing it out there, so I don't want any complaint cards that I didn't call it the letter to the Galatians. I'm going to say the word book, so I'm just throwing it out there here at the beginning. Um, Galatians, you know, is one of the, it's one of the letters that Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, and it's also one of the more important letters that we need to take note of out of Scripture. And there's several reasons why. Um, one of the reasons is, you know, Paul was known as someone who started many, many churches um, throughout Asia Minor. And this was one of the churches that he helped start. But then after they crumbled, after they fell through the cracks, after they had many issues, he wrote this letter. Galatians, you know, it shows Paul at his angriest, something that you'll may, you may note as you read through his letters. Um, it talk, he risks his good favor with those who have now converted to this new uh, Christianity, you know, walking away from you know, some of the Jewish beliefs, but now it's Christianity, and now he's risking his favor by being angry, something that we maybe need to note, because sometimes angry people... We don't always want to listen to. Something interesting. Now, you know, the, the church was taken over by a group of Judaizers who sought to make a living under the Mosaic law in this new Christian faith. Paul wrote this book a few months before the Council of Jerusalem, about uh, 50-ish years um, after the time of Christ was, after Christ was born. Um, and Paul began this letter spending two chapters that we're going to start off today defending that very issue of Christ. And he starts it off pretty good. I spoke on this several weeks ago, and it's something I'm very passionate about, and I think Paul was too. You're going to see in this first chapter, he hits a whole lot on priorities. I don't know if you remember, several weeks ago we had a whole sermon, a whole conversation about priorities. Remember that? Here's your follow-up in case you were asleep. We talked a lot about priorities. Our priorities, church, are important. If our priorities aren't in place, we fail. We see that all, not just in our spiritual lives, but just in the world in general. Just look at some examples. Look at a sports team. You know, if one player has the wrong priorities, maybe they're selfish, they want all the points, the team's not going to succeed. Everyone has to be on the same page. Think about your relationships, whether you're dating or married or just friends. If you've got different priorities, the relationship will suffer. Think about a church. If a church has its priorities in the wrong place, the church will suffer. Think about businesses, your workplace, if your priorities, you see where I'm going? Our priorities are important, and the church in Galatia had their priorities in the wrong place. So I want to ask you this question again. I'm not going to focus too much on going at it, but I just want you to think. I believe it's in your bulletin. What are your main priorities? What are they? Like I said, we had a whole conversation on this. Here's your checkup. <laughs> Did you fix any of them? What are your main priorities? Is it your relationship with the Father, your family? Is it how much money you make? Is it your work? Is it your comfort? Is it your travel? Is it what people think? Where are your priorities? Are they where they need to be? Because it's so easy for us to lose sight of what's important, isn't it? In every area, not just our spiritual lives, every area, we lose sight. Like I said, all these examples I listed through, they fail. We fail in those areas when we lose priorities. So let me ask you this question. Is God your first priority? 
makes me think of, you know, um, the group in the middle and the high schools, and I don't think they're in the elementary schools because, you know, some legal issues, you know, the group, the club, first priority. I was a big volunteer. Um, I was a volunteer in that group my senior year of high school where, you know, uh, we, all, we had the club, we gathered, and we had a message, and we did some music and song just to try to give people who maybe aren't used to seeing Christians, give them a place where they could go to in the school. And a lot of cool things happen. I still get the emails weekly about what's happening in the schools just around us. But here's my honest thoughts. When we get distracted, Satan wins. You're going to see that in your bulletin. When we get distracted, Satan wins. And he uses that in every area of our lives. Because we know we talked several months ago about how our relationship with God should be our number one priority. And everything should flow from that. And so, therefore, if our priorities get misplaced, God's not number one. And if God is ever not number one in our lives, Satan wins that day. He wins that battle. If when we get distracted, Satan wins. And so this book of Galatians, it talks a little bit about priorities, and that's kind of its purpose. It shows us so much about how the gospel, about how Jesus should be our number one priority, but then also takes that, and the reason why is because of the grace that God offers. The theme of grace goes so much into this book, and we're going to talk quite a bit about that today. That's the purpose, church, of the letter to the Galatians. It knows its purpose. It's just like, you know, every book in Scripture has a purpose. Well, Mike, they all have the same purpose. You know, we have to bring honor and glory to Christ and let the world see his will through his... I mean, I mean we could b- put a bow on it and make it all, but each one can be broken down into a different purpose from what its objective is, just like everything else in life. Think of the, your favorite movies, books, songs. Some are what? They're there to make you laugh. Some are there to make you cry. Some are there to make you upset. Me and Jenna, we watched a, a documentary about a year and a half ago, and it made me upset by the way animals are treated in our world today, something that I didn't really think I would ever get that mad about, and it made me upset because that's what it, it was, that was what it was designed to. Some things are made, are there to scare us. Church, the same thing we need to realize with our Bible, our books have different purposes. Let's walk through a few. Gla- or Genesis, what's the purpose of Genesis? It's A, to show the creation of the world. And why is that important? To show that the world came from one God. God created, he breathed it into existence, but also shows the fall of man and our nature of sin and how much we need him. We look at the book of Exodus. It talks all about, you know, God's deliverance and how he holds on to his promises. We look at the book of Psalm. We look at Psalms. It's basically the, you know, the hymn book that's lasted for years and turned into other music, but also shows how um, even those who were great in God's um, name were lamented and had issues. We talked all about Proverbs. See, church, these books have meanings. I did a study through the Song of Solomon. You know, I thought it was kind of the right time to do it. It was Valentine's Day, past couple of weeks. So I got to read all the mushy-gushy stuff, and there's actually a lot in there if you ever really want to get down to it. Galatians' purpose is to redirect our attention back to God and to reiterate His grace. I think some people here today have not taken advantage of God's grace. I think some of us, we may have given our life over to Christ 30 years ago, but we're still struggling and we've not accepted His grace. We're living this life full of guilt and shame, and we're just wearing that blanket, and we're so uncomfortable because we can't just do life without feeling, you know, contentment because we've not accepted his grace. And there's a story in, 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 in the Gospels we read in the book of John when Jesus walks up to the lame man, and he says, then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And what did the man do? Got up, picked up his mat, and walked. 
I, it's, I feel like God is maybe telling someone here today, you need to pick up your mat because you're hanging on to something. Grace is a big theme in the book of Galatians, church. What mat do you need to pick up? What's been keeping you? Where is your identity? This, that mat was that person's identity. This lame man, that's all he was known for. What is your identity in? Maybe you need to pick it up and walk. I heard this quote the other day. God has a big eraser. I like that one. Thank you, Sharon. She gave me that one. Billy Zioli. I don't even know if I pronounced his name correctly. So I know I've already talked about a lot of things. Mike, you've talked about priorities. You've talked about grace. Where are you going? I warned Corsa Core. I'll be honest, I've got two sermons crammed into one today. So hang on. <laughs> Good luck following the notes. But let's get back to this question. Is the gospel your main priority in life? That's where we're going today. The church at Galatia, it was bounded um, in this area where it was north of Bithynia and Pacalonia and Pontus. and Ca- it's Modern day Turkey is where Galatia was. Okay, There's your geography. There's a picture of what Turkey looks like today. This was who Paul was writing to. But let us not forget the definition of who Paul was, his background. He was a persecutor of Christians. He traveled and persecuted people. He had them killed, had them thrown in jail. He was known as this person in society until God met him where he was. He later on wrote 13 different, or excuse me, began 13 different churches that we know of, wrote many letters. A big portion of our New Testament was written by Paul. Now, many of us know these things. Whenever I would talk about him to, to teenagers, I'd always say he's the most famous missionary to ever live. That's, that would always be my phrase because I think that's a good way to maybe think about it. Outside of Jesus, it's hard to argue. We could have a debate. I think you'd lose. It's hard to argue that anyone outside of Jesus had more of an impact on our faith than Paul. In at least the, the, the span of world Christianity. Because it's kind of hard to to argue that. So let's read today. We're going to be in Galatians. We're just going to start in chapter 1 all the way up to starting in verse 1. Let's read. There's a lot here. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. Let's just pump the brakes for a second and realize what we just read. So often we can skip over the first few verses in Paul's letters because he does something almost in all of them. Notice what he says. He doesn't say, you know, I had this urge and now I'm going to write to you. He doesn't say, I feel led to do this. He doesn't say that, hey, the church sent me. He says, Paul an apostle sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ. And God the Father, who raised him from the dead. He's telling these people, I am sent to you, I am writing to you on the authority of Christ. So listen up. And all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia. Verse 3. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting of the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion, false teachers, and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we 
or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. Let us not read that lightly. Verse 9, as we have already said, so now I say it again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. You know, it's not often the Bible repeats itself verse after verse. We just do it from emphasis when we're teaching. Paul does it right here. Verse 10. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Did you hear what we just read? Let's read it again. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Church, where's your priorities? Who are you trying to please? Is the gospel your main priority? Well, Mike, what do you mean when you say the gospel? Like, I've been to church a few times. Maybe you're watching for the first time. What, what is that? What does that mean? I've heard it. Let's, let's break it down a little bit. Um, it really depends on who you ask. <laughs> They'll give you a different definition. A lot of people consider the gospel is what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know, the story of Christ in our Bible. But the gospel is so much more than just a few books. It's the story. It's, the re- it's God's redemption story. It's his love story through us, through his son Jesus. That one day we may have eternal life. Have you ever read a lot of Tim Keller? I don't do a lot of Tim Keller reading. He talks a whole lot about the gospel. And I really like this quote. It'll be up on the screen. <clears throat> Excuse me. The reason that marriage is so painful, I didn't hear any amens. I'm just kidding. The reason that marriage is so painful and yet wonderful is because it is a reflection of the gospel, which is painful and wonderful all at once. The gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared to believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. It's beautiful, isn't it? That's why Romans tells us, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. It's us. Church, you hear what Paul's saying? He's saying a lot. (laughs) He's inviting us into God's grace. What mat do you need to pick up? What has been holding you down for so many years? Let's break it down a little bit. If we look um, back into uh, what he was saying, he wishes something to the church of Galatia whenever he's reading to them. The first thing he says is he wishes them what? Grace. He wishes the people who are reading, the listeners, he he wishes them grace. Well, what does that mean, Mike? Well, let's, let's not just think about grace as the idea of, you know, God's forgiveness, even though we don't deserve it, even though that's what it is. Let's get a little more technical on what it is. The term that's used here in the Greek, it means sheer beauty is the version of the grace that he's talking here. Have you ever heard someone talk about how graceful somebody is? Husbands, ever use that one to your wife? You're so graceful, honey buns. Have you ever done that one? Well, try it. I'm seeing some eyes roll. <laughs> but you see, you know, the ballerinas. I don't know what's going on. You see the people doing that. They're so graceful. It's beautiful. It's elegant. That's the version of that word Paul uses. Sheer beauty. is because we're so filthy. We're so sinful. 
Your mats are so terrible. But yet, we're washed of that. The grace that's given us is beautiful. It cleanses us. We're elegant. It's beauty. I know it's kind of confusing. The second idea is it's an undeserved generosity. This grace that we're given, this promise of forgiveness, it's beautiful, but it's also undeserved. I think that is one of the things that holds so many of us back. Excuse me. To accepting God's grace is because first we got to come to the realization that we don't deserve it. That's hard, isn't it? We have to realize that we don't deserve what God gives us. He gives it to us freely. Well, like we kind of earn it. You know, we live a good life. You'll never, church, I don't care how good you think you are. You're not worthy of God's grace. But it's given freely. And we're made beautiful. We're made clean. Sheer beauty. What's the next thing he wishes us? Paul says he doesn't just wish them grace. He wishes them peace. Something I know our world is begging for right now. Which is interesting, you know, Paul was a Jew. And it's probably one of the words that came to his mind when he was writing this was what? The Jewish word for peace is what? Shalom, or one of them. It means more than just being absent of trouble. It means every to be of the highest good, to be made of pure, to make a heart glad. It's through God's love that when the outside body torments, his love and purity brings us peace through Jesus. Chapter 1, it sets this whole tone of what the people have lost sight of. What these Judaizers are saying, eh, Jesus is not that important. Let's go, let's, let's talk a little bit more about the, you know, the old law. That's what really matters. Don't worry about this. It's like, no, you guys have lost your priorities. You're not talking about the gospel. The gospel is our, should be our number one priority in life. Is it yours? It's a hard question to answer. Is the gospel your number one priority in life? Mike, if you ever come up to me and say, Mike, what do you think our purpose is here on earth? I'll tell you four words. I'll say, love God and love others. That's what I'll say. Obviously, you can make that into, you know, a five-hour-long dissertation of what it means. But that's what our purpose is here. If we're loving God truly, he's our number one priority. And then everything will flow from that. If you don't believe me, Jesus even tells us, Matthew 22, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Then all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You know, when we read that, we don't really ever read verse 40. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. If we learn to love God, we learn to love others, things will flow from that. I want to get honest, just for a minute. And I don't want to be too aggressive or nothing. Church, is the gospel your number one priority? Because if it's not, there's no hope. You know, this grace, this undeserved grace of beauty and contentment and peace is promised to us. But if you've not stood in front and said, God, I am a sinner... You've not confessed it in front of other people. Say, God, I am a sinner. Say, God, I believe in you. I believe in your son. You've not been baptized into his name. You've not been filled with the Holy Spirit that rose people from the dead that we read about every single week that none of us seem to care about. If you have not done that, you have no hope.
Heaven's nothing more than a dream. If we've not done these things, did you hear what I said? (laughs) Because there was no amens. Someone's asleep. If we have not given our life to that, you have no hope. And I'm sorry, but it has to be said. And some of us may have given our lives over to Christ 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, but some of us may be going through a time right now where we just feel like everything's falling apart. It's because you haven't picked up your mat, church. We've not included ourselves, we've not accepted God's grace, the peace that He offers us. This is what the book of Galatians is all about. Has anyone ever been to the desert? Anyone? Been to a couple? A couple. I sound, I sound like a traveler. Just been to Arizona. <laughs> not that great of a traveler. Have you ever been to the desert? The desert. It's a scary place, isn't it? It's hot. It's dry. It's lonely. You know, there's this thing called a mirage. If you've ever been in the desert, whenever you're off out there and you're staring, and it's got something to do with, you know, I don't know, biology, chemicals, the way the light's hitting the dirt and the humidity in the air. I don't know, and it makes it look like there's water off in the distance. And you walk around, you're like, well, if I just get there, eventually I'll get to the water. (laughs) Some of us are living life in the desert. We're walking and we're thinking, well, if I can just get there one day. Church, there's water that's waiting for you. You just haven't accepted it. John chapter 7, on the last day in the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Is there anyone in the desert today? I've started this new um, thing here at the church. Is we were doing some cleaning up in the sound area, and we found boxes of old VHS tapes of all the old sermons that have been preached here since like the 80s. I'm in the process of putting those on DVDs so we can hand them out if anyone wants them. And I've heard some good points. I texted Doug Martin the other day. I said, Doug, I'm stealing one of your points. <laughs> and he, he made this one, how he was telling this story about how um, he likes to bowl. And he says, you know, if you've ever been bowling, there's little ticks on the ground, right? And if you've got to make sure you hit your mark in order for the pins to fall. Church, some of us are missing the mark. We're just wandering in the desert. So how do we prioritize the gospel? The gospel? Number one, we need to embrace grace. There's two of us in this room. Well, there's, mul- there's multiple different sections of this, but some of us have not embraced grace. We may have given our life over to Christ, or at least said we did, but we've not truly embraced grace. A, if you're here today and you've not given your life over to Christ, you've not stood in front of people and said, God, I believe in you, and I am sorry, I want to turn my life around, you've not been baptized in his name, you've not embraced grace. Acts 2.38, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you haven't done it, you're not embracing grace. But also those who have done it, but you feel like you're in the desert, why don't you try something new? You've been wondering for 40 years. It took the Israelites 40 years before they figured it out. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You know, we, if you were here Wednesday night, if you're not here on Wednesday nights, get here. If you, were, if you were here Wednesday night, we talked a little bit about forgiveness, about how, you know, we're, we're told we'll receive forgiveness when we pray to God, but we, we receive healing when we confess our sins to others. Maybe the only thing keeping you from picking up your mat, the only thing keeping you from the water in the desert is finally talking to someone else about what you struggle with. I didn't say it to be me. So you don't trust me, that's fine. <laughs> Find someone you do trust and confess. We don't talk about confession a whole lot. 
Second way we prioritize the gospel is this right here. We need to get a checkup. And Mike, what do you mean? You know, it's so funny. It's like every area of our lives we have to go for checkups, right? And like, Michael, you just wait. Listen, okay. But we got to get our cars checked up. We got to go for, you know, health screenings. I got to go to the dermatologist once a year. I get violated, make sure there ain't no moles, okay? I get it. <laughs> As you get older, I know you have to do these more routinely. You have to get things checked out. Church, why don't right now you check yourself and ask, is the gospel your number one priority? Have you embraced grace? Because the church at Galatia, we see a lot of similarities in this in our world today. We, they, lost, they lost sight of what's important. They did what was good for them, not good for Christ. And you check yourself. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek his kingdom and his righteousness. But seek first his kingdom, sorry, and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you. What things? Grace and peace. Number three. I'm not spending a lot of time on the application. I just really wanted to hit the meat of things. You need a volunteer. What do you mean volunteer, Mike? The way we spend our time and our money shows what is most important to us. Right now, look at your time. The way we prioritize God is putting him in first place with the way we spend our time. Ask yourself, do I volunteer in this church? I don't want you to think about other areas. We're going to talk about this church today. Not just once every six months. That's how we prioritize the gospel in our lives. So we volunteer, whether it's holding the door and welcoming someone who's never been here before, which is so important you don't even realize it, whether it's learning some of the new sound equipment we're coming in upstairs, even if you've never had a computer, whether it's teaching a lesson, whether it's vacuuming, whether it's doing whatever. If you're not volunteering, I truly believe this, then you don't care. If you don't care, why are you here? Let's prioritize the gospel. Hebrews 6.10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you've shown him as you've helped his people continue to help them. The greatest among you will be your servant. Matthew 23. Church, it's time to embrace grace. It's time to get serious. Is the gospel your main priority? Let's pray. God, forgive me for not prioritizing you more. I'm sorry. God, in the way I spend my time and money, in all these different areas. God, forgive me. God, your grace is just, I don't know why we, it's so complicated for us, Lord. Just open our eyes. God, if there's someone here today who has been laying on the same mat for 50 years, God, maybe they just need a little bit of help. God, right now, I ask that you just push them. Get them, Father. Let them see how much peace you're offering, Lord, through your grace. God, the living water you've promised us, help us to get there. God, forgive us. Lord, if there's someone here who needs to rededicate their lives or if there's even someone here online who needs to finally say, God, I believe in you and I'm ready to trust you, God, work on them right now. Because, God, we're not promised tomorrow. God, please, Lord, we ask this in your son's name. Amen. You know, I say that, that we're not promised tomorrow. That's slowly becoming more of a reality as I turn on the news. Church, is there anyone here today who needs to accept Jesus? I don't care if you accepted them 50 years ago, but you're tired of laying on the mat, you want prayer, you need to say, listen, I'm ready to turn it around. 
I'm ready for healing. I'm ready for peace that we've been promised. If that's you, please come forward. We'll pray over you, and you can rededicate your life. Maybe you're here, you want to join the church. That's awesome. Do it. Or maybe if you're here, you're online, you've not given your life over to Jesus yet. Today is the day, because tomorrow is not promised. I promise there's so much water. Stop walking alone in the desert. Would you stand? And if you need to make a decision, please come forward. Let's sing.